0: Hi everybody, it's Joey Remini from seekingbalance.com.au. I today have a case study for you and we have Sam from Australia and I really do want to thank you for your time, Sam, and welcome you to
1: the call. it's good to be here. Thanks so much for having me.
0: Yeah, so I say this quite often, but being online and being all over the world, it's a real treat to meet people and to put a a face to your name. Um, I am deeply connected To my Rocksteady community and appreciative of all of my community members. So I kind of get that, I don't know, warm, fuzzy feeling, I suppose you would say, when I do these case study calls. So it's a real treat. Today we're going to talk about tinnitus. And I think about 20% of our Rocksteady community have only tinnitus, and 50% of our community have some form of tinnitus and dizziness. So it's very, very prevalent. And I know it's massive out there in the world, and there is a lot of people out there confused feeling helpless, hopeless, powerless, probably being told all sorts of myths and don't really know where to start. And of course, there's those folks who are really feeling like this is the end and there's no solution. So case studies like yours are very inspirational and very important to help really shift those myths that we're stuck with tinnitus and there's no cure. I think that's very misleading. So would you like to maybe share how you came across rock steady and how it supported you um and you know why it was worth the journey to get to where you are now
1: yeah sure love to and look it's, it is exciting to be here because i guess you spend so much time stressing about this thing that it's nice to talk about it in a positive way with some i guess some distance from it if you like yeah but um I, I I I was in the sort of the depths of despair with it, you know, really highly stressed. Um, you know, I've suffered from anxiety in the past, and this is on par with, um, you know, being a bit of a living hell to experience at the time. So maybe that's what you know others experience, and so I, that's why I'm here to you know to help people who might be feeling like that. You know, that there is hope. You know, you can shift away from it or shift shift out of those feelings. So I came to it, you know, sort of searching for answers around, well, what is this thing? Um, What is it? Is it a real physical ailment that needs to be fixed with some sort of surgery or some sort of medication? Or is it something that you can heal yourself potentially? I kind of, through other work I'd done on myself, I was confident it was, but it wasn't really until I sort of searched hard and found your videos initially um, and then joined the Rocksteady program that I really gave me that hope that understanding and confidence i needed to really you know use a lot of the tools i already had but a lot of the ones that you have in the program to really start to kind of i guess go on that healing journey so it was kind of out of real distress you know really high stress Mm. that i um i found you know found the program which was you know which was you know fantastic it was so good I think
0: just off the call, you were saying even prior to Rocksteady, you had a little bit of understanding about neuroplasticity and some of those tools, um, but you just needed a little bit more guidance in that container and to meet other people who were to feel belonging, to feel understood, and to have that shared sense of of collective pathway and process, and that was sort of what Rocksteady helped you consolidate was to go, okay, I kind of get neuroplasticity, I've got a bit of understanding of the body and health and neurons and then diving into Rocksteady was like oh okay yeah can you you talk a little bit about that process of of what what were the educational pieces that were were meaningful for you to help it all fit into place and to give you that that full methodology of healing
1: yeah sure so yeah so I had that you're right I had that understanding and I'd maybe probably done some healing not really directly in the past so I'd had the sensations um, previously and I was aware of them I probably thought it was tinnitus that um, I hadn't I didn't sort of need to do anything else because it was very um specific to triggered by noises so it didn't really affect me but I was doing some meditation some other work and so I sort of put a, a very general intention behind it and it eventually faded away but I wasn't really hooked into it mm-hmm. in the same way life was okay and so it, it sort of worked but with almost like unconsciously but when it came back this time, it was during a highly stressful period. And so coming into the community, I really needed a more detailed understanding. Okay, what's going on? How will neuroplasticity work with tinnitus? Is it something that's so fixed or can you really shift it? And then knowing others and watching other testimonials um, gave me that sort of confidence that actually, yes, you know, this is it's the same principles apply, apply you know, in the heat of the moment, those self-soothing tools that you offered were really good just to sort of, you know, calm the nervous system down a bit, get to a point where I could then engage a bit more in in the program. And and you kind of taking the heaviness or the seriousness out of it. Like not acknowledging the pain that people, the suffering people go through, but not making it such this big heavy ogre that needs to be shifted as though it's this is just your body making sounds. I I always came came back to that throughout the journey, just as a nice reminder to help me kind of move forward through. So listening to those audio recordings again and again, I guess that's part of the neuroplastic process, right? Reminding myself, because when you go out in the busy world or you're having a tough moment, yeah, you forget So you you need to hear it over and over again.
0: And what I'm hearing from you, it's that normalizing and validating. And when we're on our own or at home reading a book about it, we can feel really abnormal and we can embody a lot of shame and a lot of feeling inadequate and feeling like a failure as a human and feeling wrong. But when we enter a community where it's like actually other people are here, other people are hearing their body and, and feeling these not quite right things. And it's, it's normal. We can validate this. We are normal human beings with normal neural messages. And we start to, to shift the brain from the panic and the fight, flight, freeze, fawn and those trauma, very healthy natural trauma response pathways when we feel alone and isolated and critical. And some of those brain chemicals and brain pathways start to shift into more of a compassionate, loving, curious, open zone when their neuroplasticity is possible to engage. So getting into that support and belonging of the community with the normalization is a really big part of actually enabling the neuroplasticity to begin. Otherwise we can be stuck for 20, 30, 40 years with tinnitus and feeling alone, feeling helpless, feeling powerless, feeling stuck, feeling critical and everything we try doesn't work because we're not actually getting into that sort of more compassionate zone where the, the brain feels safe and feels relaxed. Um, And we talk a little bit about the window of tolerance in some of our monthly calls. It's becoming this language we're starting to use is really helpful. I wanted to speak about that trick you had of telling people out and about that you had vertigo and how in the, in the rock community, I'm really big on saying, let's not use the tinnitus word overly. Like it's a, it's a useful word. It's a descriptive word, but it's loaded and it can not only re traumatize you folks who have it, it can re traumatize people reading about it or hearing about it. So in our post, in our dialogue, we tend to stick with not quite right or dizziness or just really vague umbrella terms that let people know we've got invisible symptoms. We don't feel super normal right now, but we're working <clears throat> on it. Um, it sounds almost playful how you started to adopt the word vertigo just so that you weren't having to experience and remind yourself of yeah. symptoms. Tell us a little bit about that yes. strategy you used. It's clever
1: yeah you know sure um look it's i mean it's great because i think you're right those those words are so loaded and tri- triggering and i guess to me this was um i sort of i was in the program i think but i was still feeling some suffering quite a bit you know pretty highly stressed and you yeah. know i'm sure there's a connection there but um you know so and so i kind of needed to say something i needed to tell people something but i also didn't feel the need to explain it go into detail to understand it and so I and so because obviously I was familiar with vertigo through your program I thought that was something that people might understand a bit more like it's balance it's a bit more physical so therefore acceptable and so it would just stop the questions so I could then and not remind myself and so it would just be an easy kind of way to explain it without focusing on the very thing I was trying not to focus on.
0: Yeah, and-, uh, and so
1: I just told people that, and it was and it was a, a, a nice tactical tool just to go about the practicalities of life, or take a day off work, or not do you know catch up with mates, or whatever it was. If I if I needed to buy myself some time, <laughs>
0: yeah, and I like that because it's also playful, and we're a part of the rocksteady process is really shifting away from labels and and fixing so rigidly um, onto certainty and control, and so being able to mix up our language and lighten it and relate to the body differently, again, really helps the body shift into that safe, relaxed place of the nervous system being alert, awake, alive, functioning, but also creative and able to fire new neural pathways. And when we get very fixed on labels and certainty and control, like is my tinnitus there? Is it gone? Is it louder? Is it softer? All of this rigidity and this analysis and sort of symptom diary work, it really keeps us in that fight, flight, freeze trauma pathways fear-based chemicals being released in the brain and body which really are not um, conducive to neuroplasticity and building new neural pathways so shifting our language and being able to play with it um, is really clever and as I said when we first met this morning there's no right or wrong way to heal so we can be imaginative we can be playful we can be tongue-in-cheek about how we go about the rock steady path We were talking before about um, sort of the community and the, the live calls or the replays. Do you want to share a little bit about how perhaps listening in to that collective healing, hearing other people's questions and other people's perhaps struggles and troubleshooting or insights, how did that land for you and was that a part of your healing journey?
1: Yes, yes. So I think I joined a few live calls, particularly early on when I needed that reassurance and understanding. I was sort of in that kind of red zone, nervous system wise, flight or flight was pretty active. And so I just needed to use those tools as anchors to keep coming back to. So listening to the live calls, people asking questions, maybe experiencing similar things to me, and then you explaining it. Yeah. And just knowing there's a lot of other people out there who get it and who really understand it's just nice. And I think because I'd had some success with it in the past and I'd had success in overcoming anxiety and panic, I was a little bit hard on myself. I'm like, how the hell did I get here again? And I was yeah. playing with myself because of life had gotten too stressful. And I, you know, and so, but having going back into you mentioned that sort of warm community, being really gentle with yourself, all this stuff was I, I really needed to hear that. That was really lovely. And and having that that sort of same theme on the calls, but also the Facebook group. Uh, yeah, so you know, moving back into that was really nice because it was just that reminder. I was sort of, you know, the world's pretty hard, Yeah. hard nose, but if you're getting the, the really lovely warm messages and just be gentle and that, that holistic aspect and that also, you constantly talk about.
0: And to be honest, you know, a lot of our pain and suffering and fear is perpetuated by dishonesty towards ourselves. And that's not a critique or something to be shameful about because in essence, we're trained to lie to ourselves and to be like, no, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. You know, And we put other people first and there's this kind of sitting back and not really honoring my own needs and not responding to my own needs until my body is absolutely screaming at me. And then I'm like, Oh my God, I better talk to a doctor. Right. So we're really trained to not listen to ourselves and that's considered socially appropriate. And so this program is about saying, well, not only do we need to, do we invite gentleness and support and compassion and kindness, but also honesty and hard, honest conversations with ourselves And I wanted to speak a little bit about the the wider world because it's not just about your ears or your brain or my ears and my brain. It's actually about the relationship we have with ourselves first and foremost, which the self-study program really invites us to strengthen and build and master. It's then the, the next community of our inner family and close circle of friends, and then perhaps our local community, and then the wider community, global community, environmental community, you know, inanimate objects, even like however relating to everything, all of this is impacting our nervous system. And it's culturally impacting how we feel, and how we value ourselves. And so, you know, with COVID, with lockdowns, with all this fear mongering, with political instability, with social instability in in many countries and many places around the world, whether we're aware of it or not, we are feeding off all of this fear that's bouncing around the world and bouncing around our local communities. And yeah. that impacts our nervous system and our symptomatology and our capacity to heal and self-soothe, et cetera. It's all a loop. So when we perhaps are lying in bed at night at 2 a.m., just feeling at our exhausted, depleted end, it's actually very value- valuable to be able to log in and listen to a call replay and get that warm, cozy comfort, get that belonging and go, Oh my God, here's a community that can hold me and serve me and nurture me. Because at this point in time, I'm freaking out and the world doesn't feel safe in this moment. How do we find belonging? How do we find community? How do we find safety? These are the missing pieces that I think the Rocksteady program is really facilitating and holding that container and until we have it, we don't even know we need it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, indeed. And, and you know, I d- always did a lot of the self-care stuff, the meditations, and that always worked really well and a lot of success. But you mentioned lockdown. This kind of all came on for me in the middle of lockdown. And if I if I take the broader view, um, and this is obviously just my experience, it was that harshness. And I was quite shocked, really, about how we responded to it as a community, the whole thing. And so that was kind of, it was almost like the sensations were blaring, but they were guiding me back to the the meaning I take from it now anyway, and again, this is just for me, but is guiding me back to a gentle way of being, not getting involved in the fear, not getting involved in the harshness. But, and so you're right. So then coming back to the, the self-soothing techniques or the tapping or I'm just listening to the community was that that all really helped me. And you need, it's like a practice, right? You've got to, you know, in the work I do, it not talk, you know, if you're recovering from stress, it's about, you've got to practice it. It's not something that you can just do as a one-off. You've got to remind yourself over and over again. <laughs>
0: Yeah, um, and
1: which is what I, which I use the program to really help me do that.
0: Yeah, and I think it's also that, again, I keep use coming back to the word container, and it's like self-study, it really is vital and essential. We, we can't outsource this to a yoga class or a meditation app or a, you know, a CBT therapist or whatever therapist, actually, or doctor or pill. All of these little eggs in baskets out here may serve as temporary supports. But at the end of the day, yeah. at some point, we're going to have to come home to self-study, to nurture this relationship with ourselves and to be supported in a container of confusion until we get there. And that to me is what the Rocksteady program is. It gives us the time and space to navigate what, how I'm going to befriend myself, support myself and find what works and what feels in authentic alignment with me and my truth. And that process is very cluttered and confused out in the world. If lots of people are telling us to do different things or try yeah. different drugs and devices or therapies, it's just more noise in the outer world. How do we come into a space where we have the quietude and the clarity to really listen and respond to our truth? That's what the Rocksteady community and program off, like offer. It's yeah. You know, it almost feels like a, a big warm hug that holds the confusion and says it's okay to feel confused. You just stay there. Be confused as long as you need to be confused because this is how you're going to heal. Yeah. Let, let the clarity come. Um, and I and I feel like a lot of so people – powerful. Yeah, and you can speak to this, I'm sure, yourself, but it's depleting and exhausting to keep trying things out there, to keep trying therapists or th- trying drugs and devices and – Whatever you know the the different various meditations and this and that, and just to feel again, oh, I'm abnormal. It's not working. I'm abnormal. It's yeah. not working. You know that's a trap. It's a real trap. Um, that's funny. It's funny.
1: Well, I was just going to say. I mean, you know, I didn't do too much of the the doctor exploring and all or shopping around only because I sort of knew pretty quickly because I had some familiarity with some of your work. like to fall through, you know, other stuff I'd done, but I still had the thoughts. So the thoughts would come in, well, what if my thing is slightly different and you, the, the mind would go down the analysis, the comparison route, well, this is not quite what they describe, so therefore it's not the same thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, and so I'd go down all those paths, but I and but I was very conscious of using the program to then turn my mind back to the body, to breathing, to tapping, and not getting, not involved myself in it. And if some someone would ask me, people I did tell, you know, family, you know, how are you going? You know, how's it going? This sort of very serious heaviness, and I get it, right? They're coming from a good place, but I was sort of trying, very conscious of who I'd talk to because I didn't want to getting myself involved in the heaviness of it or re- have to reassure others and in, in not saying that's always the best approach but that really worked for me to try and take a really conscious approach to to how I kind of healed and and be conscious of the messages I was getting in and kind of help me stick to my guns and then coming come back to this book of the healing that I knew would work
0: yeah if that makes sense well it's perfect because it sounds like you were getting more skillful at creating your own boundaries which means well what topics of conversation am I comfortable talking about with that person and when I phrase it how am I framing it am I coming from my blue zone where I'm calm I'm alert I'm like yeah I'm really able to notice when anxiety starts pushing me at my edges and I'm noticing my heart and I'm noticing perhaps my throat closes over and I'm noticing my thoughts get faster but as I'm sharing this I'm calm and I'm okay And, you know, even when we talk politically about the world, I I had this realisation recently in America. I was talking about a heated political topic. And some of the comments really weren't okay. You know, they were not acknowledging of some of the struggles and social privileges and disadvantages of various people in our community. And I could see directly that some of the people in that conversation were on the back foot and it was hurting. But there was this whole thing of, oh, it's okay, it's okay, you know, they don't get it. And I I looked at them and I said, you know what, it's not okay, but you're okay. There's a difference between going, well, I'm okay, even though something out there is not okay. And just having boundaries where it's like I don't have to get swept up into the fear or into the murky political confusions and things that can agitate our nervous system. And it's the same with talking about our symptoms or our rock steady learning or process. People can get heavy and serious about it and want answers and ask lots of questions. Yeah. And, and we can get to a place of just going, actually, I'm really curious. I'm enjoying the learning and. It's my process. I don't have to say, it. we don't have to say too much more than that. Um, and we have this whole community online of people where we can share how we're moving through challenges how we're are tr- doing trial and error with tools, and they get it. So so we, we you know the conversation's kind of contained.
1: Yeah, totally. And I think I like the way how you structure the the group that way. There's a mm-hmm. lot of good guidelines, but they they weren't rules for rules' sake. Yeah. They seemed really so. You knew that you, you it was contained. You'd come on and and you're not going to be triggered, or you're not going to be. It's not going to be people complaining about. You know, what's not working. And, and whilst I get that, sometimes you got to download, right? But it, it felt like a really positive place where you could just express where you were at on your journey in whatever way that was for you. And I really, I was, that was something I hadn't seen really before. Mm. And I thought was really nice. Um, I, and I know for me, when you were talking about, you know, that you're okay, I mean, one of the, the biggest things I had. It was amazing. One of the biggest, you know, learnings. You know, I hate the silver lining approach, but if I look back, was that I was able to self soothe when it was at its worst and be okay. fine. Yeah. And actually, you know, be happy. Yeah. And I was like, shit, that's that's friggin' amazing because, you know, if you can do that with these things blaring, mm-hmm. you know, and 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 still be happy and fine,
0: the world you know opens up. How
1: powerful, yeah. yeah.
0: Because once once we can start to go to those edges of panic and fear and anxiety and questioning reality, and we can actually go, hang on a minute, what's real right now? What's a false alarm? And how can I be loving and kind with myself in this process? Within seconds, we can go from the red zone back into our green and blue zones, where the nervous oh. system settles, clarity comes. And as you say, it's this big feeling of like a pat on the back, because it's like, whoa, I just avoided a panic attack. I just literally... <laughs> Soothed myself away from all those false alarms and old pathways, old habits, yeah. and I've really just opened up a whole world because, again, being in America, there were so many times we could have panicked. We had a two and a half year old an eleven month old; it was really <laughs> full on, and there was literally just so much danger to navigate with these little boys that are, you know, not safe around cars and eating everything, and you know, just a danger to themselves actually. But totally. Getting through that and actually finding the delightfulness and the contentment and the calm and the love and the connection amongst the challenges was like, wow, I feel like the world has opened up for me now. I don't feel like I'm so contained at home and I don't want to leave the home because I'm worried about my children, which is, you know, it's a very, very true reality for young parents. It's that feeling of, oh, I can navigate difficulty and i and i'm i'm really contained in that i've got choice i've got power it's 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 a lovely feeling and what i want to kind of iterate or reiterate is it's not about removing the challenge or saying oh hey my kids are always safe i don't have to worry about them no it's about saying even when things get difficult and dangerous i can stay calm and navigate it and i've got practice at that now and i back myself yeah. Even when my body's blaring at me or I'm tired, I'm sleep deprived, it's a 30-hour plane ride, I can still back myself to make good choices even when I feel not quite right. Which actually something I wanted to say back on what you said was this no-big-deal approach. We're not being dismissive of reality. We're honoring that the sounds or the not-quite-right sensations are there. The challenge is there. The invitation to freak out is right there. And we're not being dismissive of it. We're not sort of going, no, no, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. We're going, yes, okay, yeah. hello, body. You're screaming at me. I acknowledge you and honor you, but I'm also not going to buy into it. I'm not going to make a big deal about this. I'm going to breathe through my body. I'm going to come home to my center and I'm going to make choices that really focus in on my new normal and my program I'm building for myself.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I, I used to do this with anxiety and, and did it the same way through the, the the sounds or the sensations was taking it with me mm-hmm. I'm not trying to get rid of it I'm not trying to stop it I take it with me wherever I go yeah. you know without wanting it but you know obviously you don't want it in some form I mean that's why people probably find your program that's why I did but I was able to, to change my relationship with it and started to no longer really care about it I remember sitting in a cafe for the first time and there was music blaring and with friends and I was really enjoying the music and I hadn't got rid of the sensations. And I was just sitting there enjoying the conversation, the coffee. And so it's a completely different mindset as, as, as opposed to trying to get rid of it or stop it. And that, that's what I was definitely early on. Of course, that's what I wanted, <laughs> yeah. but I also knew probably it wasn't the answer. <laughs> and so it took a while, a little while to get there, but it was, um, it's so powerful. It, it really just changes your, your perspective on life.
0: Yeah. And so just to come back to the science, for those of you listening, like, can I get rid of it? What's the story here? Our tinnitus and sound pathways or dizziness pathways for that matter, they can actually fire 24-7. These are are neural message pathways. um, And they're allowed to be there and they're safe. The question is, do they come through our filter of awareness where they're front and center and we feel them, we hear them, we notice them? When we're highly emotive towards them, whether it's love or hate, they will come through clearer and louder and be front and center and be very available to us. There'll be lots of neural action that's highlighting those sensations or those sound pathways. So what the neuroplasticity and rock city process is about is about saying, okay, you're there. I acknowledge you. I'm going to remove the emotion. I'm going to take a neutral approach, which is like, okay, come, come with me to the cafe. I'm going to listen to music and you're there it's fine we start to learn how to remove the emotion and then with time the body goes you know what I don't think Joey's so interested in that sound anymore she seems to be really enjoying that music so it shifts that back away from perception where neurologically it's still present and available and if I want it I can call upon it but I'm shifting it into the back where I don't hear it and I don't notice it so as far as I'm concerned it's gone and the music yeah. that I'm enjoying becomes front and center or the conversation with my friends becomes front and center. And so my brain is filtering out based on where I'm telling it to put emphasis. That's the rock steady path and process where we start to focus on our desired way of being and feeling in our body so that the unnecessary and sort of undesired or unpleasant sensations and sounds really become de-emphasized. There's no fear. It's about removing the fear. Yeah. Of, um. And and it worked, I mean, it
1: worked exactly that way for me. Exactly that way. It, I sort of would keep, keep, go about life, keep moving forward with life, go to the park with friends, go out, go to the bar. I remember you talked a lot about that on, I think, in some of the programs, you're not trying to avoid mm-hmm. this stuff. So I remember going, you know, just go, you'll have a good time. And then over time, it does, it, it moves into the background. And for me, I remember waking up. I don't know, probably in May or something after I stopped counting, trying to measure or how long I'd had it or recovered, because that was obviously unhelpful. Because um, you sort of then fixate on the very thing you're trying not to focus on. But I just remember waking up going, Oh, it's not there. I haven't had any sensations or sounds for God knows how long.
0: Yeah. That's um,
1: and then occasionally they'd come back a bit, or, and that, that was fine. I just said it sort of was a reminder for me to slow life down, you know, breathe. Come back to center, you know, do the tap. I remember lots of times just doing tapping, just, yeah. sort of just knowing that was doing lovely things to my nervous system. Yeah. And so this, the, the sensations were a reminder to do that as opposed to try and desperately get rid of it. Yeah. Get exactly. rid of that thing.
0: Exactly. So it's like we've removed the fear. And when we notice those sound sensations or the unwanted dizzy or vertigo sensations, or actually any unpleasant pain pathway in the body, they become a loving reminder to take care to drop in to to pause and listen and go to the toolkit and go right physically mentally emotionally spiritually where am i unhinged something's out of balance how can i rebalance and um recalibrate reestablish a sense of homeostasis where my nervous system is able to just come back to its healthy steady state Rock
1: yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> and
0: i'm curious Amazing. Sam, do you have any passing words of encouragement that you might give yourself, let's say two years ago?
1: Um, oh gosh, that's a really good question. Um, I think that it's it's okay if you're feeling really rough. Yeah. You know, if you're feeling really low, you'll feel really struggling, that's okay. You know, it, it can get can get better. It does, it can take a bit of time, but there is no rush. You know, you'll be fine on the journey. Yeah. Um, if you just go one step in front of the other um, slow life down get involved in the program listen to the tools do it you know do it when it feels like it's not working just sort of try it as best you can trust the process it's okay if there are doubts use all the tools available reach out for support as you need it hmm. um, because it, it does feel you know as you were saying at the start it does feel overwhelming when you're in that height of suffering this yes the suffering is real but there's nothing seriously wrong with you. There's no danger there. These are my words. There's nothing that can hurt you. Yes, it feels bloody uncomfortable at times, but the resources will help you, you know, get back to homeostasis. This There is probably a message for you. That's just my interpretation underneath it. You don't have to worry about what that is, if anything for you, but... Um, it does get better, and you know I'm living proof that yeah. it exactly as you were describing before. I had that exact same experience, and there were times during the heat of it where I'm like, "Yep, okay, it's there," but I'm just gonna gently go forward anyway. Yeah. So, and that's that's where true success happens, in my view, when you do it when it feels the hardest, when mm-hmm. you feel good, that's just the reward for the success. Yeah. Um, it's doing it when your body's sort of screaming at you not to, and you're like, no, I'm just gonna gently go forward anyway and take, you know, take those things with me, take the sounds, the stress, whatever it is, with me,
0: and, and my, go about my day. I agree with you that I think insight can come two years later. It's like honestly, when I built the Rocksteady program, I had no idea it would become what it is now. It's, it's almost like I didn't have the true insight until years later of like, okay, wow, we're bringing together a lot of modalities a lot of different disciplines. We're bringing together a community that really needs this. And a lot of the insights of what all of this means is coming years later. So if you don't understand it now or what your body's telling you, it could be that in two or three years from now, you wake up in pure silence and you're just sort of like, hmm, this has been a journey. And it's gotten me to this place of peace and contentment. And now I sort of get it. I had to learn this, this, and this over the last three years and you might not know that you know what I mean so it's like just stay with the process trust your body and I think when we're ready to put it to words and have that level of clarity it comes when it comes
1: totally absolutely and I mean the tools you know they're, they're cures for anxiety depression in my view um they're they're tools for not just you know, this what they were designed originally for, if I can if I can put it that way. Thank so there's definitely. just so many benefits for them for for life healing, if you like.
0: Yeah, a hundred percent. I used it to get me through pregnancy, birth, parenting, mm. all of the challenges, and um, it really has been the gift that keeps on giving. Mm. Sam, I want to say thank you so much for your time. It's wonderful to see that you're waking up with that level of peace. Um, after coming through such darkness. I'm so glad our community was there for you. Please keep joining our monthly calls from time to time. Post in the community. It's people like you that are so inspiring for those that really need to hear the story. Yes. Oh, yeah. So, so thank you. Well, no, I
1: will. I will. Um, and thanks so much for doing the work you do. I mean, that's why I wanted to come here just to, you know, help do my little bit to spread the word. Um. Um. And, and again, thank you because it's just, it's, it's mind, it's life changing and mind blowing in its simplicity really. And it can help anyone no matter yeah. <laughs> what's and, going on in their lives.
0: And simple doesn't mean it's easy, you know, just to, just to cut people slack. And I think, I just said off the call with you, Sam, like I'm a big fan of low tech solutions, Mm. Um, you know, not, not grabbing out here too much or for the next fan fancy invention. Um, You know, I did meet a PhD person once who had vertigo or tinnitus and their perspective was science will heal me one day. So until then I will suffer. And I thought, I really don't take that approach. You know, I think there's a lot of simple goodness based on Buddhism and yoga and very ancient thousand year old knowledge that we can draw upon as modern day humans. And that science is now validating, you know, an example of, example of that is collective healing. The Buddhist would say, you know, if I'm sitting here in pain and tinnitus, I'm going to close my eyes and send love and healing to everybody on the planet who are feeling and suffering with tinnitus right now, I'm going to share this suffering with them. And as I offer them healing and peace, I offer it to myself. If we put people in MRI scans now and look at what the effect of that is, it's physically changing the shape of their brain. So science is catching up to some of this ancient art form. And I think it's really important right. to remember that simple doesn't mean easy, but simple, I think from a neuroplasticity perspective is most effective because when we're very clearly focused on one intention and the brain gets the practice at that, With intensity, duration, and frequency, that's when we get the most effective pathways and synapses building and forming robust structures. So a simple focus may not be easy because it's a cluttered world, but a simple focus allows for really robust changes to our brain and body for true healing. So I just want to really put that out there.
1: Well, it's often unlearning, isn't it? All the things that we thought were the the ways of being all those maybe more overcomplicated false truths.
0: Yeah, false false. truths. So to
1: get back to the simplicity, we've got to clear the clutter and clear the old programs of old beliefs, thoughts, whatever they might be. I mean, I remember when I was, you know, when you talk about love and projecting love and when I sort of healed it, if you can call it that the first time, it was because my dog, she had an ear infection. And so I was using... I was just sending love to her and my ear at the same time. That was the meditation I did when it wasn't particularly. And then, it, of course, it faded after that. I didn't really know what I was doing, but, you know, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't trying to heal it because it wasn't that big a deal at the time. But that reminded me of what you were just saying and how simple yeah. was that?
0: Yeah, and and a lot of that's about shifting the brain from that place of fear into the more loving, relaxed, and it changes the chemical release, the chemical cocktails and the structures involved. So when we're mm. in fear and avoidance and we want cure and we want certainty, and we want rigidity and we want diagnosis and we want answers and we need it, all of these are coming from a place of trauma and that keeps us locked and really the accessibility to healing is not there. So the Rocksteady yeah. program is about the step-by-step methodology of shifting away from that fear and trauma-based cycles of re-triggering symptoms and becoming stuck um, and also about putting the energy into other people authorities devices drugs therapies they're all little yeah. footholds that can help us come back to ourselves. Yeah. the self-study process i think is the vital and essential ingredient to long-lasting changes in our brain and that's rock so station. true yeah so true
1: so powerful
0: yeah it blows my mind so On that note, I am Joey Remini from seekingbalance.com.au. We've been talking to Sam from Australia, who's had a really brilliant and inspiring journey with tinnitus. Thanks again for your time, Sam. Thanks for having me. So bye for now.